0: All right, I'm going to read one verse. This is such an easy verse that, um, and short that you could read it with me. As a matter of fact, why don't we read it together? Proverbs 17, verse 6. Let's read it. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children is what? Their fathers. Now, I apologize that I said today I'm going to be speaking out to resist the devil. God switched up on me. I'm a man under authority i got to do where he, go where he leads me. So next week, I will do Resist the Devil. I haven't forgotten it, okay? But today, I want to talk to you about the dire need for dads. Now, you ladies are going, well, then why am I even here? This is about dads. Hang on, because halfway through, it's going to be right at you, and it's going to bless you. All right? It's going to be for everybody. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Bless it to our hearts in Jesus' name. Thank you for fatherhood. Thank you, Lord, that you are our heavenly father. And I pray that today, Lord, you'll minister your word to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, happy Father's Day, even if they're not a father. Just tell them. Amen. Amen. Now, I love the Bible. If the Bible doesn't say it, I have nothing to preach on. And and I want you to notice here that he says, for grandchildren, that uh, their crown is the grandfather. The crown of grandchildren is the grandfather. So any grandfathers in here catch that, that you're a crown to your grandchildren. But then it says, the glory of children are their fathers. So there's two things there, granddads and dads. Now, Solomon, who had an awesome dad, though he was very flawed, David, Solomon is telling us that a father is the foundation of a child's character. A a child's character is formed greatly by the dad. The glory of children is their father. A child will look at his father's integrity, his success, his wisdom, his love, the way he treats others. Watch this, the way he treats women. The way he treats his wife. This is all being logged away in the mind of the children. The glory of children is their fathers. And, and that's why dads are so important. And I'm not here, and listen, I want to be clear today. I'm not here in any way to point a finger at dads. No, I'm here to, to um, deposit in you what the Bible says about the importance and the calling and the divine order of fatherhood. What it means, what God did, because God created dads. Amen. The Bible has a lot to say about the importance of fathers. Now, watch this. The word mother is found 363 times in the Bible. That's a lot. 363 times mothers are mentioned. But guess how many times... Fathers are mentioned 1,300. 1,300 times. Any male can sire a child. No big deal. But it takes a man to be a good father. That said, we live in a nation that is plagued by absentee fathers. Now, I'm going to take this where I I know our nation is. Again, I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody. There's no condemnation in this house. Lord knows I'm a very flawed man. But I got to tell you what's going on in our nation. Because how many of you have noted that our nation is extremely troubled and divided right now and confused and angry? And we are in great tumult as a nation like I've never seen. And I've been here my whole life. But I've never seen our nation like this. Not ever. And I personally believe that part of the reason for the tumult and the anger and the violence in the streets and all of that is because dads aren't home. Let me read to you a few statistics from secular sources. I didn't get this out of some Christian publication. I'm letting the world give us a report on its own stats about the importance of dads that are there, that are present tense, that are there emotionally and there physically in the home. Listen to this. The U.S. Department of Health census reports that 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children, 90%, are from fatherless homes. 85% 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes, 20 times the average. 80% of men that grow up with anger problems come from fatherless homes, 14 times the average. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes, nine times the average. Seventy-five percent of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes, ten times the average. Seventy percent of youths in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes, nine times the average. And finally, 85 percent of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes, twenty times the average. Now, you can't look at that and not connect the dots. That there is something that we men need to realize God has placed on us. God has placed on us a calling. A very, very important place in the home. We are very, very needed. The glory of children. Listen, if the glory of children are their fathers, then when the father is gone, a great emptiness is left behind and the enemy is happy to fill the vacuum. It's interesting to me that before American culture began undermining dads, you'll notice all the sitcoms have dads as the dodos. You look at all modern sitcoms. Look at the dad in the sitcom. They're never a man of wisdom. Annie Griffith was gone a long time ago. So was Father Knows Best. Now, something else swooped into Hollywood and into the scripts that were written and into the American culture that began to undermine men and undermine dads and make them look stupid, foolish. The the mom was always smarter. The dad's always the dunce. I I see a trend. I see something that the enemy has begun to do long ago and is now in full bloom. It's an attack on God's divine order. We, We don't even know what gender we are anymore. A Supreme Court appointee or a Supreme Court possibility was asked, what's a woman? Well, it depends on what you mean by a woman. Well, what I mean is a woman, a female. Woman. And they said, you know, and they they dodged it, couldn't answer it. What is happening to us? That we can no longer define woman, define man, Told there's more than two genders. There's a hundred of them to pick from now. That's an attack against God's divine order. The Bible says in Genesis, male and female created he them. That is so simple. Either you're male or you're female. He didn't give a bunch of gray areas. And I'm not making fun of anybody. Listen, the people who have believed this rubbish, my heart breaks for them. But now a little child in elementary school. Can I just vent a minute? A little child in elementary school. Second grade, third grade. He's born male. He can say, I feel really that I'm a female. And the teachers must address him by those pronouns or be fired. When I was in second and third grade, I was playing marbles in the street. I, I, I was, <laughs> I was talking to somebody yesterday. I was putting on those skates that you hit, there was a key and you had to put the skate and turn them and they killed your feet. But you, at least you skated those steel skates. We were catching fireflies. I was looking for fossils in the woods. I wasn't deciding what gender I was. No child can make that decision. That is insanity. Can I be honest today? So before American culture began undermining dads and attacking the very notion of gender and characterizing dads as unnecessary and not near as smart as mom, there were actually hit songs that were written about dads. Paul Peterson wrote one in 1963. It read like this, my dad, now here is a man. Just makes me want to tear up reading this: "To me, he's everything strong. No, he can't do wrong. My dad, my dad. Now he understands when I bring him troubles to share, oh, he's always there. My dad." And that was a hit. Would that fly today? It wouldn't get down the street. No, you've got, to, you've got to undermine your dad. Criticize your dad. Reject manhood. Reject gender. Reject God's divine order. To write a song today that honored dad. No producer would even listen to it. But it was a hit in 1963. What's happened since 1963? What's happened to our culture? What's happened to our nation? What has happened to our thinking? Paul Peterson was bragging on his dad, who was his glory. Now, it could be you didn't have a dad like that, and I understand that. That's why for many, Father's Day is hard. So is Mother's Day for many. Father's Day might bring mixed feelings to you because your dad was abusive, or had an alcohol or a drug problem, or ended up in prison, or was never there. So when I say dad, and we do Father's Day, it's hard for you, because you don't think of a positive person, a good person, but there was, there was a destructive person in your life who was dad. And, and it's even hard for you to relate to God as father, because you, you, you want to project onto God what your earthly dad was like. And I understand that. That's real. Maybe you even lost your dad early to death. My dad lost his dad when he was eight years old, and he grew up without a dad. And so because of that, he didn't really know a lot of the time how to be a dad because he never had one. So maybe that happened. But I'm here today to tell you about an incredible father we can all have. I want to talk to you about an incredible father. I want you to listen very carefully because good news Good news is where you had a good dad, a bad dad, an in-between dad. Listen, I want to tell you about a perfect dad. I want to tell you about the best dad you can ever have. And I'm being very serious. I want to tell you about the best dad you and I can ever have. And that is our heavenly father, our father who is in heaven, our heavenly father. Did you know that in Christianity, and, and, and listen very closely because other religions don't do this, but in Christianity... God is known as God the Father, God our Father, and God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the very moment you and I receive Christ into our lives, something incredible happens. Please catch this. You say, well, I know what happens. I get saved. You get more than that. You get adopted. You are adopted. And you are adopted by a Father who is in heaven. And I want you to listen to this. Romans 8:15 For you have not received a spirit of bondage again to fear but you have received the spirit of divine adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry Abba Father Now we focus on Abba Father all the time and that's wonderful. I'll tell you what that means in a minute, but I want to take the word right before it. We cry We cry Abba Father That one little three-letter word, cry, comes from a Greek word that means to shout, to cry out. It's even used uh, to to describe a raven's cry. It means to shout uh, loudly with deep emotion. We cry aloud. We cry. We shout. It's talking about that moment when you and I realize that. God, the father has become my father that I have become saved. What does that mean? When you're saved, it means God is now your father until you're saved. He's not your father until you're saved. You're not a child of God. You are created by God, but you're not a child of God until you turn to Christ and the spirit of God comes to live in you. And when that happens, we shout We cry. It comes from deep within because there is that moment where the Spirit testifies to our spirit that we are children of God and have been adopted and now I've got a divine daddy. I've got a divine daddy. Everybody say we cry. (laughs) Like Let me put it this way. Okay, guys, it's Father's Day. What would you do if today... I came up to you after this service and said, come on, God spoke to me last week and I got a surprise for you in the parking lot. We walked out to the parking lot and there it was, a candy apple red, brand new, spanking new, convertible, Corvette, brand new, and I handed you the keys. Would you say, well, hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you very much, Pastor Jeff. No, I believe there would be a cry glory to God, hallelujah, and all the way home, you'd be screaming the same way. I want you to catch the moment of divine adoption. We cry. There is something, we've come home. We've returned. We, we've come into contact with the God from, with whom we've been disconnected our whole life. But now we know him. Now we're connected to him now we have his spirit living inside of us. Now we're in divine relationship. The missing link has been found. That empty place has been filled. Now we've got a divine, heavenly father, and we are home. The prodigal has come home. Hallelujah. Say with me again. We cry. cry. Now I want us to say it like the word means. Ready? Warm up. Ready. One, two, three. We cry, Daddy. And that's what Abba Father means, Daddy, Papa. Those are synonyms. Every born-again child of God through faith in Jesus Christ has been adopted into the family of God. Listen to this verse. Ephesians 2.19, you are members of God's very own family. Look around you. This is your family. These aren't just people coming to church. This is your kin, your spiritual kin. You say, well, I don't even like them all. You don't have to like them. You just have to love them. <laughs> I don't like everybody, but I do love everybody. You, you, you see, you don't have to like somebody to love them. That's why we got all kinds of people coming here, and they're all family. We got some come in with blue hair, purple hair, pink hair, no hair, Dressed in all different ways, in all different races. But you know what? We're all kin. We're all family. Isn't that what he just said? You are members of God's very own family. <laughs> Citizens of God's country. <laughs> Did you catch that? Citizens of God's country. Yes, we're Americans, but we're also heavenly ends. Our country is heaven. And you belong in God's household with every other Christian. You find when you read the Old Testament a holy God is presented, a majestic creator of justice and love and mercy. But rarely in the Old Testament will you ever find him called Father. It's not there. But with the arrival of Jesus, all of that changed. You want to know how Jesus changed things? Let me tell you how he did it. He put a face on God that we can approach. Jesus presents God as an engaged, loving, affectionate father who loves us and wants uh, to develop a deep, intimate, meaningful relationship with us. He's a relater. He's not out there casting lightning bolts at all of us. No, he wants to be in relationship with us. And, and that's why he sent his son, because Jesus really is the, the bridge over your and my troubled waters. By Jesus, we walk across into relationship with God. Jesus called God your Father, our Father, the Father. Have you thought about God like that lately? Some Christians are really sad, they walk around just thinking God's mad at them all the time. Well, I'm not living up, I know I'm not living up, so he's probably mad at me. When they picture a a furrow-browed God with steam coming out of his ears, just waiting for you to make a mistake so he can step on you like a roach. That's not God. That's not the God that Jesus presented. No. He over and over and over and over again, Jesus referred to God as Father in the Gospels. And you read the epistles, the apostles wrote, and they refer to God as Father over and over again. And, you know, in Jesus' time, if you addressed God as Father... It was very revolutionary because that's not how the Jewish people address God at all. No, they wouldn't even utter his name. He was so fearful; They wouldn't even utter his name. In fact, when Jesus referred to God as his father, he was accused of blasphemy. Yeah, that's one of the reasons they charged him uh, and killed him. He called God his father and he made himself to be God. Both were true. Yet Jesus not only called him our father, everybody, but he taught us to be like our heavenly father. He said, you want to have somebody to model your life after? Model it after God. He said, bless those that curse you, that you may be the sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his son arise on the evil and on the good. So be like him. Emulate him. Mirror him. Reflect him. Act like him. Think like him. Do like him. Jesus taught that we could approach God as our Father. He said, pray this way, our Father. Isn't that interesting? In the Lord's famous prayer, the first two words, he teaches us to approach God as our Daddy, our Father. Everybody say with me, our Father. He said, when you pray, that's the first thing that needs to be in your mind, that he is your Father, our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. He taught us to trust in the care of God because he's our father. He said, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those that ask him? He'll take care of you. The Lord taught that when we receive him as our savior, he will literally acknowledge us before God, the father, on judgment day. Oh, I'm so glad that Jesus is going to be there right next to me as my attorney and my advocate. And when I face God, Jesus is going to say, he's mine. He's mine. He's washed in the blood. He's mine. He's mine. Jesus said, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my father in heaven. He taught us about the heavenly concern of God as our father over all people. God loves the whole world. God so loved the whole world he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus said in the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any would perish but all would come to the knowledge of the truth. And one of my favorite pictures of Jesus or pictures that Jesus painted of God the father is his providing care for us. I want you to say with me, he's my provider. See, that's what a father does. I mean, my kids still, that's the way they see me. Sometimes I wish they didn't, (laughs) but they still do. And when I get one of those phone calls, it's especially kind and nice, with a text preceding it. Hey, Dad, how you doing today? Been thinking about you. And I think to myself, "Uh uh-oh, a phone call is coming. (laughs) Hey, Dad, uh, 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 I need a... And you know why? Because they see me as... Father who provides. Now, Jesus said, Your Father never ever resents your going to Him with a need. No. Four times in chapter six, Jesus said, I don't want you to worry about anything because you've got a Father in heaven that's always going to take care of you. He covered four things. Don't worry about your life, your life in general. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. And do not worry about tomorrow. He said, don't worry about it. Why? Because you've got a father who is in heaven. Jesus said, if God clothes the grass of the field, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Why? Because he's my father. And he knows what I have need of before I even ask him. Jesus said, don't worry, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear for your heavenly father? not the heavenly father, your heavenly father, knows that you need all these things. And he's going to take care of you whether inflation is 10% and some change or 20% or the whole economy collapses. God is going to take care of you. I want you to say with me, he's going to take care of me. Come on, everybody. That's Somebody said to me, he said, Pastor Jeff, what are you going to do if people can't come to church anymore because of gas and and, and the tithe really drops and and all that? What are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to trust my father. Now, I'm no spiritual giant, but I know that if this work is of God, nothing can destroy it. And if it's not of God, it needs to go. But I know that the father of this church is the one that sent his only begotten son to die for me on the cross. That's our heavenly father, and he's gonna take care of us. And I pray for you every day. I pray, God, take care of them today. Guide them, bless them, give them what they need, no matter what the economy is doing. Because God's economy does not rise or fall on the world's economy. Amen. Jesus took the Old Testament God of fire, holiness, wrath, justice, put a face on him that we can approach. He said to the disciples, if you really know me, you will know my Father. Catch this, everybody. Our Lord said, watch me. As you watch me, you're seeing him perfectly. I'm the perfect reflection of the God you cannot see. So watch Jesus how he loved, how he healed, how he led, how he fed, how he cared for. And you're looking at God. Amen? He said, you want something in prayer? You need something in prayer? He said, in that day, after I've died and risen again and gone back to the Father, you're not going to ask in my name or you will ask in my name. He said, I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. You're not going to need me to go to the Father on your behalf. You can go straight to him in my name and ask him. And when you ask of him, you will receive from him. And here's why Jesus said, because the Father loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. Amen. Amen. Now, in closing, I want to tell you, the Bible says that our God is perfect. His ways are perfect. Psalms 1830. He's a faithful God who does no wrong and is upright and just. Deuteronomy 32.4. And you know what that makes him? That makes him the father you always wanted and the perfect father none of us ever were. He's perfect. He's a perfect father. Amen. Flawless. You can brag on him all day long and never miss. Amen? So I want you to stand up with me today. If you didn't have a father who was approachable, loving, or present, then God, as your heavenly father, is waiting to more than make up for what you missed. Because my dad didn't have a dad. He was a very distant dad. He was just distant. And he loved me. I know that he loved me. But he didn't know how to relate once I got past five. Before five, I was throwing a baseball before I could walk. Because my dad was a Yankees fan. Because I'm from New York. Don't hold it against me. I'm from New York. And the Yankees, he raised me on Babe Ruth. He raised me on Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris, Yogi Berra. He, all of those were his heroes. My dad cried when Mickey Mantle died. So I was throwing a baseball before I could walk. But when I got to a certain age, he didn't know how to relate. And so I, in a way, had an absent dad. But when I met my heavenly father, something happened to me. I cried out. I cried out, Daddy. And he's led me all these years. He's been good to me through it all. How many of you can say that? Amen. Let's, let's go to him in prayer. Father, I thank you for Father God. Thank you that you're our Father in heaven. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus today, help us to relate to you that way, to come to you that way, to view you that way. You care, you're near, you're listening, you're present. And I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here who does not know God as Father, today they will be led to Christ today. With our heads bowed, if you can say, Jeff, good message. I enjoyed your talking, but while you were going through this message, I thought, do I know God as my father through Jesus Christ? Have I, have I come to Christ, asked his forgiveness and asked him into my heart and been brought into relationship With God as Father, have I cried out, Abba, Father? If you're not sure about that, I want to lead you in a simple prayer right now. I wouldn't want to get on I-35 if I didn't have that question answered. So I'm going to lead a simple prayer, and if you've got a question mark about it, I want you today. I invite you come to God through Christ and let Him become your heavenly Father. Pray with me right now this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and rose from the dead so that I could be saved. Forgive me of all my sins. And I invite you, Lord, to come into my heart as Savior and Lord. And pour your spirit into my soul. And I will look up and cry, Abba, Father. Make me a part of the family of God today, Lord, by birth, by being born again. In Jesus' name.